because I'm here as a witness. You know, when you get up, when witnesses get on the stand to testify, they're not up there to talk about themselves. They're up there to give an accounting of the truth that they've seen and they've experienced, what they have witnessed. They're there to get to the truth, right? And so we're here on this world to give an accounting of what we know is the truth, which is the word of God. We know the true God. Jehovah, amen? And his son, Christ Jesus, his only begotten son, through whom alone is eternal salvation. Are you hearing me? And so he just, he doesn't give them titles that they're looking for. He doesn't try to answer their questions. And I don't know if, if they could, I don't know what they could do with what he gave them as far as taking it back to their superiors. But I love the nature of his answer. I'm answering you in the words that I received from the Father. This is what God told me to do. That's what I am. And they asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you're neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. And John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Let's skip over to verse 29. Here he comes. The next day, you know, we saw earlier that he came as a witness to bear witness of Jesus. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. See, the purpose I'm here, the purpose I was sent here is so the Son of God might be revealed to Israel. And how many of you know that's the purpose? That's why we're here. That the reality, that the truth about Jesus might be revealed to those walking in darkness and who do not know him. The first thing he says is, behold, I, I, I want to point this out here. And, you know, and if it's a duh, uh, please just say amen. Don't say duh when I'm preaching. But the first thing he says is, behold, gaze upon. He's, he's seeing Jesus come. You know, you can't tell somebody to behold something that you're not seeing yourself. Right? And so he beholds Jesus. Now, it's clear from the scripture here, he says, I didn't know who the Messiah was. But the one who sent me to baptize told me, he told me how to identify him. And when he sees him, he's like, oh my God, it's him. I see him. I see him for myself. I can, I can give witness. I can testify to what I've seen. God sent me here. And he told me how to identify him and what God said has come to pass. And now I've identified him and there is a truth. I know him to be who he is. And now I am, I can be in a, I can be a witness because I've seen him for myself. I've experienced him. I've tasted and I've seen that he is good. And I, I may not have all the hermeneutics down. I may not be the most sound theological teacher and everything, but what I, I can tell you what I know. And I want to encourage you. You are a capable witness of the Lord. You've heard the gospel. You've received it. You know the truth. If you don't know anything else, give that. Start where you're at and let God grow you in that. But no, you don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to go to any kind of Bible school in order to be a witness for Jesus. You've just got to know him. 
And to the extent that you know him, share him. Are you hearing me? And in this day and time, it's imperative that we do what John noticed. There's a lot going on where John is, I'm sure. There's a lot going on. But in the midst of all that, he was busy doing his thing with the Lord. But he was always looking, looking to and looking for him. There's a lot going on in this world. But I want to challenge you, you should always be gazing your eyes upon Jesus. You should always be looking to him. Not on those things that will trouble your heart, that will tempt you to go into doubt, fear, and unbelief, but always looking for the Messiah. Always beholding him. That's why we encourage you to get into the word of God. Behold him in his word. Don't just look at the news or listen to the news or read your publications and get all the information that you want to get out there in the world. All that stuff is, it, it, all of that stuff is done. It's going to burn with everything else in, 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 when the Lord returns. It's not eternal. It will not last. We have to take what we're exposed to. We have to take that to the Lord. And say, I will not allow these troubling news that I keep getting to cause me to turn my gaze away from him. I, 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 I will be bound and determined to continue to behold him so that I am prepared to tell others to behold him who I am constantly beholding. I want to tell you about this Jesus. And so, he says, behold, he can't say behold if he's not beholding. He sees, he's, look at what I'm looking at. Feast your eyes on him who's approaching me right now. Let me tell you something about him. Behold, he's the lamb of God approaches. He who is approaching, he whom you can behold, he who I am beholding now is the lamb of God who has come to take the sin of the world. This is him. This is who I've been talking about the whole time. Now you got to recognize this is being revealed. He's expecting it. He knew he was coming. He didn't know who he was. And he's seeing him. And he's like, this is him. Praise God. He's excited. And he's telling everybody, look, 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 look. I, I, I want you to know we should be excited, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of all kinds of conspiracies and all kinds of nonsense that's meant to stir us up and into grief and doubt and, and, and all the confusion and all that stuff. We should be excited because of who Jesus is, because we know him, because we know the salvation that we have in him. And we and, 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 and we know he's already overcome the world. Right. And so there's a reason to rejoice and be excited. And the world ought to see that in us. In so doing, we're being a witness of him. I'm not troubled by these things because these momentary troubles are not worthy to be compared with what he has in store for us. Amen? And so, you know, if we're going to be a witness, you know how to... Attorneys, they prep the witness. They want to make sure the witness is, is able to stand up against cross-examination and everything. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's make sure we are prepped, that we're in God's word. We're diligently studying his word. Uh, 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 you know, we are uh, uh, diligently spending time with him and, and, uh, and pressing into him in prayer and, and uh, constantly in repentance and allowing him to do a sanctifying work in our hearts. All that is prepping us to be a good witness. The enemy will come and he'll try to shake you up and he'll try to, he'll, he'll cross-examine you and try to cloud the issue. But, but if you're a good witness, you'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to stand up against that. And I want you all to know that you are more than capable. 
Despite the enemy's tactics, he's already a defeated foe. You are already capable to be an effective witness in the Lord. Right where you're at. You are not inferior. You are not uh, 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 unable. You are more than able. If you don't know, you don't know. But there's always a resource. We can always go to someone and, and, uh, and ask for counsel. But don't let that make you afraid of getting on the witness stand for Jesus. But he introduces him as the sacrificial lamb. The lamb slain, the scripture says, before the foundation of the world. Just like God, when he asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, stayed Abraham's hand and, and provided, it says, uh, it provided a, a, a lamb in the thicket. God provided himself a lamb. For us, Jesus is that lamb in the thicket. He's the one that God provided for us. When we were lost and dead in our sins, God sent Jesus, our Passover lamb, to die on the cross for us. And you know, it says that he taketh away the sin of the world. That means He's bare, it, it, it all got packaged up. The sin of the world was put on his shoulders and he bore the weight of it. He took it all upon him. He bore the weight of it and, 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 and he took it away from us. He became sin for us. Are you hearing me? He's announced his introduction, his first public introduction is being, in, is, he's being announced as the Lamb of God. The very reason he's here is to take away that unbearable burden of sin. Let's go, uh, let's go on uh, down to uh, verse 32. And how does he know? He bore witness. And John bore witness, verse 32. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. That's how he knew. And why did he know that? I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, we know that to be God, said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen And I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. There's nothing more powerful than a personal testimony. You can't tell my story like I can. I can't tell your story like you can. Right? You know, second and third hand, okay, it's not that it can't be effective, but I tell you what, the the power and passion that you can speak on your encounter with the Lord, how what he brought you out of, what he saved you from, what he's done for you, that's going to reach people's hearts. And it is more powerful than we sometimes give it credit for. You are more than capable witness from the Lord. Allow yourself to believe that about yourself. And, and, and whether you're in the wilderness where John spent much of his ministry, you, you know, hopefully you don't have to eat grasshoppers and, and stuff like locusts and stuff like that. But if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But uh, praise God, he hasn't called me to that. But wherever God's called you, be there and be faithful in it. Whatever's God, whatever God has done for you, be bold. In telling, giving testimony, being a witness for what he's done for you. If he, if you know him, that means he saved you. He's brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
tell somebody about it. It's 2021 and August will be over with before we know it. There's still some time left in this calendar year. And I'm challenging, I'm challenging you, New Covenant, yeah, just because y'all are watching online, you don't get out of this. And all of y'all, I'm challenging all of us, all right? I, I, I understand temperaments and personalities are different. Some people are introverts, extroverts. Some people are timid and shy. Some people never knew a stranger. We're, where, wherever you are at, God is able to give you the strength and give you the grace to be a witness for him, right? And, and I don't know how many people you've witnessed to this year, but I'm, but, but, but I'm going to give you a very easy assignment of, 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 of witnessing to, to, to one person. I want you to leave here today, and I, as a matter of fact, whether you're using electronic devices or a paper pad or whatever, I want you to write this down as a personal note to yourself that you're going to be looking for opportunities to witness, to be a witness for Jesus to someone. Maybe it's someone in your family that you know isn't saved. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. And maybe this scares you. The thought of it scares you. That's okay. Moses was pretty scared when God told him to go talk to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. God gave him the strength. God was with him and he ended up doing it, right? And God's will came to pass. Gideon probably wasn't the bravest, but God used him as well. To me, fear, fear in and of itself is not a sin, but we don't want to let it intimidate us into sin. Without fear, There'd be no need for courage. How many times in the word of God did, did God have to say, fear not. Be of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. Why was he saying that? Because they didn't, because they were scared. They were afraid. The, 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 the challenge before them was daunting. And so that might be you. As when you're thinking about the possibility of having to approach someone and witness to them. And I wanted to tell you that that's okay. But, 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 but don't just give in to it. Give that fear to God and say, God, this scares me. This terrifies me. This is, this is not what I'm comfortable with. But I'm committed to obeying you in this. And I ask for you to give me courage and, and to give me strength. And God is faithful, he will do that. We used to do this thing called treasure hunting. And some people took to it like fish to water. And some people, they just broke out in sweats. And they, they, they were they were all red-faced and they, they were trembling and terrified just as the thought of, thought of it, hoping that whenever we identified who our treasure was, we didn't call them to take the lead and go approach them. And I've witnessed men, two men whose names I will not give, <laughs> two men that were terrified and yet they overcame that, that fear and they did it and they saw God do something amazing both times. And I don't know if you're familiar with treasure hunting, but it's just, you know, we, we have all these clues that we wrote down where we're going to go out to just whatever random places throughout the city. And we pray for God to give us clues. And we'll say, okay, red cap, blue shirt, <laughs> something weird, you know, uh, blonde hair, whatever. And we take those clues. And wherever we find someone that matched, like, at least 80% of those clues, we're like, this. we believe this is a treasure right here. And then we just go. And we get specific. Name, 
location, different things, and you'd be amazed at what God did in those situations. And so we're approaching total strangers, and we're going to tell them that we're doing this thing called treasure hunting and that God has identified them as the treasure that he wants us to minister to. And you're out in Walmart's parking lot or, or somewhere, and you, and you have to wonder, man, I'm a, I am a professional in this community. Or I'm an educator in this community. What would it look like if I'm tracking people down out there saying, Jesus told me that you're his treasure today? I mean, those are all that stuff is boxed up into that fear. What does it look like? What, what, how would people view me? And you have to overcome that in order to be a witness for him. Are you hearing me? And, 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 and we've had so many people were willing to, to endure that. And it was a, a <laughs> it, it was a sacrifice for them and one that God rewarded. And I know God will reward each and every one of you. So, uh, triple underline it, star it, circle it, whatever it is that you do to emphasize something as critically important for you. I want you to, Take that on as critically important. Hear it from me as if the Lord is saying it to you. You know, do not let this year go by without you witnessing. Becoming a, a witness for, for, uh, from the Lord. Uh, determining your heart that you're going to win someone. You're going to witness to them and witness someone, uh, win someone to the Lord. And we're going to go through, John is the first of a few men. We're going to see a quick succession of events. One guy tells another guy, tells another guy, tells another guy. One witness tells another person. And each of these people end up becoming followers of Christ. And that's, that, that's how that chain reaction can happen. When it gets going, it can just get going. Right? And so, uh, let's go on down. Uh, verse 35, we'll skip down to 35. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said again, Behold the Lamb of God. Guess what happened after that? The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When we witness for him, people will follow him. It's not 100%. When the call goes out, not everybody's ready to receive it, but for those who are, they need us out there being faithful witnesses. He said, oh, that's him. He's the son of God. Two of his disciples went to follow Jesus with his full endorsement. Uh, skip on down to verse 40. We'll learn something about those two disciples. One of the two, verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, see, he decided, I, I, I got to tell somebody. The first person I'm going to tell is my brother. You might have an unsaved sibling. Maybe that's the first person that God wants you to go and be a witness to. Andrew was one of those two disciples. And he says, you know what? He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. That was his testimony. We found him. It, obviously, they didn't find him. He wasn't lost. I mean, he revealed himself. But they had been looking for the Messiah for generations. They said, we found him, which means Christ. He brought Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And Peter began to follow him. Now, Andrew didn't write any of the epistles. 
He didn't speak on the day of Pentecost and save 3,000 people. He's not featured prominently in the epistles after Jesus went and sat at the right hand of the Father. But the first person he witnessed to did, his brother. His witness led to Peter becoming a follower of Jesus. Peter, who became a disciple. Peter, who became an apostle. Peter, who has letters written in the New Testament that are blessing us from, uh, from generation to generation to the glory of God. Not everybody's going to be a Peter, but everybody here can be an Andrew. Let us all commit to being an Andrew. Let's take this truth that has been awakened in our hearts, that's been confirmed to us, and declare what we know to somebody we love or care about. Because who knows? The person we witness to might become the next Peter. Amen? All right, let's go on. Um, in the next verse, it says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. So Jesus witnessed himself <laughs> to, uh, to Philip. But then Philip, verse 45, he does what Andrew does. He goes out and witnesses. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That, <laughs> uh, you know, we all have our prejudices, right? We do. Um, and culturally, it was believed at that point that there's nothing good that can come out of Nazareth. So that was a sticking point. Can anything, can the Messiah really come out of a place like that? And I love that Philip didn't engage him there. It didn't become an argument or a debate. He said this one simple response. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. You know, I don't want people coming to church just for a church experience. You know, I don't necessarily want people to come here, you know, just because of how good our worship is or, 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 or how I preach or whatever. I want people to come because they want to encounter Jesus. I want them to come because they want to confirm it for themselves. We've, uh, 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 what I've heard, what has been witnessed to me by my brother or my sister or my friend or my coworker, it sounds too good to be true. Uh, uh, I, I, I expressed some doubts, but they told me, come see for yourself. I want people to come here and, and they encounter, they experience Jesus. That he becomes known to them. That, 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 that something is spoken. Something is said in the service. Something is said one-on-one -on -one when someone goes to them. The Lord led that person to them and dropped something that that person knows that God had to have told them that. Whatever they need to be, have it confirmed in their hearts that Jesus really is the Son of God. That this gospel really is real. And, and, and they surrender right there on the spot and say, Jesus, I, I, I surrender. Like the song says, I surrender. But he says, hey, come and see. And as he went, verse 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? They never met. How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. 
I saw you. And he says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. See, Jesus spoke something to him that only Jesus could know. That only Jesus could speak. Now, Philip's witness got him there. Jesus closed the deal. And I tell you what, we can get people with our witness. We can get people to a certain point. But it's the spirit of God that's going to confirm the truth to them. Right? God, I just trust that God will speak. We can only do what we can do. Obey God and be a witness for him. Right? Be a witness. And then that trust that God is going to speak to them and confirm himself to them. That's how he did it with each of us, right? I mean, God worked to get me. And there came a time when it just became real. This is real. This is amazing. And I I couldn't shut up about it. Right? And I think that that excitement... That that, 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 excitement, that excitement that we had when we first believed and we just had to tell somebody that, 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 that we need to have that reignited in us again. To be a witness for God that we just have to tell somebody about this good news. Especially those who are walking in despair and walking in and don't have hope and, and walking in discouragement. But Jesus just said, I saw you. How many people need to know that despite what they're going through, despite feeling isolated and alone, unloved, unappreciated, unseen, how many of them, it would just change their whole world for God to speak to them in such a way that confirms to them that I see you. I saw you in that moment. I was there with you in that moment. You didn't know it, but I was there. And you're here because I loved you so much. I I sent my servant to witness to you. To lead you to this place where I can speak directly to your heart and confirm myself to you. The world may have chewed you up and spit you out. But I love you, I gave myself for you, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. But Philip witnessed to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel encountered Jesus and came away saying, Rabbi, you really are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And I love Jesus' response, and that's where we'll finish in the book, in the first chapter of John. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I'm sure we've all seen pretty great things in our walk with the Lord. I'm here to tell you we've only scratched the surface. We shall surely see greater things than what we've seen. The Spirit of God is working. The Spirit of God is moving. The the, 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 the Spirit of God is is, is dealing with people's hearts and breaking up that, that, that fallow ground. And he's priming and making people ready to receive. And these people are out there in the field, ripe for harvest, waiting for his faithful witnesses to go out there and just share what you know. Just share what God has done for you. Just share what you know of him. And God would lead you to the ones where that testimony, that witness of yours is exactly what they need to bring them a little closer to encountering him in a life-transforming way. I will conclude uh, with a couple of verses from Matthew chapter 11. 
Nathaniel came to Jesus. And you notice, before I do that, um, there's, there's just no two ways about it. I said Nathaniel had some prejudice against people of Nazareth. There was a prejudiced perspective about them, about that region, that God wouldn't have anything to do with them. Nothing good, nothing good can come out of that place. And it's so tempting to engage there and fight and, 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 and correct somebody and, 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 and get into an argument over what you recognized as prejudice. But I love what Philip did. Philip knew that God could overcome the prejudices. What this man needs is confirmation. He just needs to come and see for himself. And whatever way he's unsure, whatever prejudices that he's looking, whatever lens that he's looking through right now, all he's got to do once he sees Jesus, once he encounters Jesus for himself, that stuff will melt away. We don't have to fight every battle. We have to stay laser focused on being a witness for Jesus. The only one who can truly, truly help. The only one who can truly save us. The only one who is truly the answer to whatever we're going through. And we just need to beckon them to come. And as Jesus said in our concluding verse, uh, Mark, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And even that, come unto me. Back then, you better not be saying come unto me if you ain't God. You know, so he's speaking to his divinity. He's speaking to his Godhead. He's speaking to who he is. Come unto me. For those who had ears to hear, he, he's identifying himself. Come unto me. I have authority here. And it's not just for a few. All who labor and are heavy laden. You know, labor speaks to striving, self-striving. Whether you're trying, you know what, I'm, I'm just, I'm as good as the next guy. Well, you know the Lord, well, you know, on balance, the good outweighs the bad. We feel like when we've done well, we feel like God's proud of us. When we've done not so well, we feel like he's ashamed or angry at us. And I just want to ensure, assure you that God loves you on your best day and on your worst day. Your your performance couldn't earn you salvation. It's not going to unearn it. It doesn't mean we, it doesn't mean God's done with us and he's not going to chastise us and, and it doesn't mean that he's not going to deal with us, but he's going to deal with us from a standpoint of love. He's a loving father. His love does not wane for us. But come unto me, all you who have been striving, who've been working in your own strength and so forth. You know what? It's time for you to rest. Stop the self-striving. All of you who are heavy laden, heavy laden, just think about that. When an ox or a beast of burden was heavy laden, somebody else was putting a heavy load on them. There's a lot of things that society, that other people put on us that we try to bear and we can't bear them. Some things we put on ourselves, some things are heaped on us. Whether though if you're laboring or you're heavy laden, the solution is to come to him. And those who are still laboring and are heavily weighed down, 
with all of that nonsense, with all the burden that's too much for them to handle, we need to be a voice. uh, We need to be a voice piece for the Lord and beckon them, come unto him. I was once where you were at. He said, come unto me. I came to him and now I am at rest. The things that used to trouble me, the things that used to keep me bound up and, 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 and dysfunctional, I've given to him and he's healed me and made me whole in these areas. And so I know I can give testimony of my own deliverance, of my own freedom. I can testify with certainty that he's capable of these things and he'll do that for you because he did it for me. Are you hearing that? Come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And here's a promise here. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So we're not going to be able to to laze around spiritually and just sit in the easy chair. A yoke implies that there is some work involved. Okay? But But it's not your yoke. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. You know, back then, uh, it used to be that whenever they wanted to break in or train a new ox, they would double yoke him to an experienced ox so that he can learn how to do the, how to do the task, how to carry the burden, how to do what's expected of him. And so Jesus is one to be double yoked with us. I, I, I know how to do this. I'm your example. I'm the one that you should be following. So instead of trying to take your own yoke, which you can't handle, yoke up with me. Take my yoke upon you. Double yoke with me. And learn from me. You know, that speaks to the, uh, that speaks to discipleship. Following him. He said, I'm going to show you how to do this thing and do this thing right. Do this thing well. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And if you will do that, you will find rest for your souls. Don't we need rest for our souls? For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. We're going to have to, and you need to start that as well. And I, and I would encourage y'all to, uh, to really meditate on that as well. Because not every, uh, not every yoke that we may take upon us is from the Lord. If the yoke you're wearing is not easy, and your burden is not light, you might need to reevaluate. You know, it's time to discard those yokes of bondage in those weights. It's time to discard those yokes in those burdens that are heavy laying us and hindering our, our walk and our witness with the Lord. And it's time for us to exchange them for the Lord's yoke. A yoke, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It it doesn't say no burden, but the burden is more manageable. It's not a hindrance. It's something that in him you are more than able to to handle. Amen? And, And that's an invitation. As we learn to walk in that, we can then invite people into laying down their burdens. Both self-inflicted ones and those that are heaped upon them. And let them know, you don't have to carry that anymore. That burden is too much for you, but it's not too much for the Lord. And he wants to bear that burden the brunt of that burden for you. I'm going to ask you to stand. Praise the Lord.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I've already uh, asked you guys to commit to uh, to witnessing to someone with the objective of bringing someone to the Lord. Before the calendar turns to 2022. But I also want you to, for your own personal benefit as well too, um, I don't know what you may or may not be struggling with and uh, what your burdens are. Some of you may be carrying a heavy burden today. And some of you may be pretty heavily laden down with those burdens. It is not the Lord's will that you leave here heavily laden with those burdens. I feel the Lord saying it's time to lay down those burdens and it's time to take upon you his yoke. Maybe you don't know how to do that. That's fine as long as you don't park there, as long as you don't uh, give up and say, well, I don't know how to do it and, and just concede to that. If you don't know how to do it, then, then seek counsel. I'd be more than happy to give you some tips, to give you some counsel and advice. There are uh, elders here, other ministry leaders, that uh, is their need there. If you need prayer in that way, I want to invite you up. If you need counsel, if you have questions, I want to invite you. And we're, be careful to socially distance. We need to stay uh, six feet away from one another if you are led to, to come to the altar and for prayer um, or for counsel uh, in how to lay those burdens down. And it, it may be something that you can, com- you can commit to today and begin today, but it may be a process of you learning over the course of days or weeks how to do that. And I just want you to know we are prepared and committed to walk you through that. Um, it is not an imposition. It is not in any way an inconvenience for us. It will be our honor to be a blessing to you that way. Um, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to give you some space and time where you're at to really think on that, um, the burdens that you're bearing. You don't have to bear them alone. You can trust God with them. If you're heavy laden and you're feeling overwhelmed, on the brink of being overwhelmed. Maybe today is your time to stop trying to carry that load and to take upon you his yoke. If you yoke up with him, his burden is easy. His yoke is easy. His burden. Is light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, the invitation is open for anyone who would like to come up for prayer. Hallelujah. But at the very least, where you're at, let's let's take advantage of this moment. And let's do business with God, our Heavenly Father who loves us, who wants us to give him our burden and take upon us his yoke. It's time to find rest for your soul. And if you obey God in this, that rest is is yours. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm.
to surrender it to him all to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily Father God, in the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray that whatever burdens that we've carried with us, Lord, that we've surrendered them to you. And Lord, let us not just dismiss it or take it for granted. If where there is reluctance to surrender those to you, Lord, bring conviction on us. Let us not rest. Let us not just accept where we're at. But Father God, continue by your spirit to convict us, Father God, until we come to the point where we surrender it. Do that which is in obedience to your will and provides rest for our soul. I just pray, Father God, by your wonderful grace, by your goodness, Lead us to repentance in this. That the glorious light of your gospel shines forth through us and that the world walking in darkness sees our light shining and glorifies you. Be glorified in us and through us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.